The ecological movement has a number of features. It's characterized by an urgent sense of human catastrophe. Ecological concerns are a slow-burning version of the threat of nuclear annihilation that mesmerized people's vision at the height of the Cold War. Meanwhile, there's considerable grief that these environmental threats all have a human cause. This isn't a crisis that's coming from the outside. This is a crisis humans are bringing on themselves. The ecological movement is generally a lament for human participation in destroying habitats for other creatures and ourselves, and a call to repentance to a new way of living. What's at stake is an economic, social, ideological, and sometimes religious transformation. We tend to think of Beethoven as a great symphonist and creator of chamber music, but he wrote choral pieces too, including this one, Creation's Hymn. A good part of the movement to address our emergency is marked by a sincere optimism that the ecological crisis is something that can be significantly addressed through public policy, through legislative change, regulation and prescription. The great debate in environmental circles has been between idealists who want to promote a different way of life that's not based on a predatory relationship with earth, sky and seas, and the pragmatists who want to focus the movement on achievable legislative regulation. But there's also a different kind of concern. Its question is less about the preservation of the planet and its inhabitants, including us, but more about the qualities that can't be measured or assessed. How do you quantify the value of a bird song? Even if the planet can survive humanity's prodigal path of self-destruction, Will something precious, beautiful, and irreplaceable be lost? In 1993, Graham Kendrick wrote a song for the 25th anniversary of the charity Tear Fund. In it, he expresses God's sadness for the injustice and ingratitude that leads to inequality and ecological catastrophe.
Why is the ecological crisis a theological problem? Some would say it isn't a problem. Here there's a good argument and a bad argument. The good argument is that if we were to ruin the earth, God could just reach into a divine storehouse and bring out another earth that just happened to be lying around for such an eventuality, or even make one specially. Human sin can never be sufficient to divert the ultimate will and purpose of God. The bad argument is that planet Earth is just an instrument that can bring us closer to God, a luxury that makes our earthly life more congenial, but isn't fundamentally necessary or a limitation that imprisons us. Christ's resurrection disproves the bad argument. His resurrection means a promise that earth will come to heaven and heaven will come to earth. Earth isn't a ladder, a luxury or a limitation. It's the theater of God's glory. So the reason Christians care about the environment is not because if we don't, we're toast. The reason is that if we're not interested in the home God has made to dwell in with us now, we can't claim to be eager for the home God has made to dwell in with us forever. Bob Chilcott takes 16th century words to express a healthy relationship for us to have with our planet and thank him then. Thank you.